On today's Locked on Jayhawks, it's bowl game day, baby. First time in 14 years that Kansas is playing a bowl game. Let's preview it. We're going to talk about Arkansas. We're going to look at the game, matchups of the game as well, between the Jayhawks and the Razorbacks in the Liberty Bowl on this edition of Locked on Jayhawks. You are Locked on Jayhawks, your daily podcast on the Kansas Jayhawks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Derek Johnson. Thanks for making Locked on Jayhawks your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get any of your podcasts. You can also hear me on Rock Chalk Sports Talk 3 to 6, Monday through Friday on KLWN in Lawrence. Won't be the case today because instead you'll be able to hear the Kansas-Arkansas game on your original home for the Hawks on KLWN in Lawrence with pregame at 3 o'clock and kickoff at 4.30. Kansas is bowling. First time they're playing in a bowl game in 14 years. And on today's edition of the show, that's what we're going to be talking about. Kansas playing Arkansas, the matchup, storylines, Arkansas preview, and, and different matchups of the game coming into it. Uh, I guess first things first, the top storylines headed into this one. I guess the big one that's kind of been circling it coming in is the weather and the water situation going down in Memphis. Now, you know, when I had the conversation, whatever that was, three weeks ago, when Kansas was selected the Liberty Bowl, and I said, you're not going to be upset. You're playing in a bowl game. You get what you get. You don't throw a fit when you're Kansas. You're 6-6. Six and six. You haven't been in a bowl game in 14 years. Ideally, I thought it would have been a little better if they would have been in one of the Dallas Bowls or in uh, the, I forget what it was, the Guaranteed Rate Bowl. I think that's the one in, in, in uh, Arizona and Phoenix. And I was like, but again, you know, it's a bowl game. I did not have this on the the card of or, or reasons why I was like, this is why I'd rather be one of those other bowl games. The fact that the city of Memphis is just like running out of water and all these people, which I'm I'm sorry if this is you, if, if this is the case for you, this absolutely sucks that, you know, you're driving out there and you find out your hotel gets canceled or you have to move hotels or you just straight up had your hotel canceled before you even left. So now you're not going anymore. I feel bad for you. I'm sorry. That absolutely sucks. And I hope that in some way, form or fashion that you get reimbursed or good things happen to you afterwards. You know, my grandma used to have a, a saying that whenever you stepped in dog poop, essentially it was good luck, right? Something really bad happened. I don't know if it's actually good luck, but it's basically the idea that something bad happened. It's all uphill from here, right? So in a sense, it's good luck. So maybe maybe you'll have some good luck from there. That absolutely stinks. And I know that from a football standpoint, I don't know how it's going to affect the actual bowl game. Like players, I, I think they're going to still have water and stuff, but are they only going to have like water bottles as opposed to the, the pumped in water and stuff they can have? I don't know. Um, I think it did affect a little bit the KU preparation. And it seemed like KU was, I, I'm sure, I don't know, looking for maybe other hotels that they could stay in. And that just adds an extra level of distraction. And, and maybe you're not focusing as much as the game worried about that. Whereas Arkansas not maybe didn't have to deal with that. That would stink if that led to something negative happened in, in the game. As far as the bowl itself, though, football is going to be played. That's exciting. Kansas obviously coming out of the Big 12, goes 6-6. Six and six. 
goes uh, three and six in Big 12 play. Arkansas goes six and six, three and five in SEC play, where they come out of the SEC not as dominant this year as maybe some other years. Like I remember a year with Brett Bielema at Arkansas where they, I think they went six and six and they were like receiving votes. I think they beat Texas in, in some bowl game and they ended up being ranked at like seven and six because the SEC was that loaded that year. Still really good this year. Still got, you know, Georgia at the top and Bama and Tennessee are really good playing in New Year's Six Bowls. But it's not as deep as it has been in maybe some of those other years. So this isn't the same case of a 6-6 six and six team where it's like, man, if they were in the Big 12, they'd be 9-3. and three. No, they'd probably be about 6-6 six and six in the Big 12 uh, as well. One of the big storylines coming into any bowl game, and I think especially true for this one, who cares more about the game? Certainly, you would think the answer would be Kansas. It's their first bowl game in 14 years. And for all these players, because, you know, for all these players, they don't necessarily care that, oh, man, they weren't in a bowl game 10 years ago when I was a third grader or something. But for the players, it's their first bowl game for a lot of them, right? Like um, some of the players who transferred in may have played in a bowl game before. But for the majority, it is their first bowl game for Arkansas. A lot of these guys have been to different bowl games before, or maybe last year they've been to even a better bowl game. So it's like, yeah, are we, are we really going to get up for a bowl game between two, six and six teams in the Liberty Bowl when there's all this water stuff going on? The weather's not going to be great. This isn't one of those like bowl games where you go and it's like 70, 80 degrees and it's great weather and it's tropical and everything. And it's not like uh, the players like Memphis is a destination. Like if you went to like the Bahamas Bowl or something or, or going down to Florida. Um, so you have that standpoint, but also it's the nowadays with bowls that motivation side of it leads to players opting out players, not playing Arkansas has lost a ton of kids in the transfer portal so far, double digits. Kansas has only lost, I think five or six to this point, And several of them either were already like off the team, like Gavin Potter essentially, or players who weren't really playing, or it seemed like that was the case, like Stephen McBride. So when you look at that compared to Arkansas, obviously, they're losing a little bit more. And then the opt-outs. Kansas hasn't been hit with any opt-outs, which makes sense. They don't really have any guys who are projected to be like day one, day two draft picks in the NFL, but also it is their first bowl game in so long. And for Arkansas, Drew Sanders is a projected first-round pick. He led Arkansas in tackles. He led them in tackles for loss. He led them in sacks. He opted out. Bumper Pool, second on Arkansas in tackles. He opted out. Trey Knox, their third leading receiver, their top tight end. He's also graded out as a very good run blocker. He's opted out. Receiver Keytron Jackson opted out. He hasn't been like a a huge impact player, but again, you're missing one more player. And then this one may be as big as the Drew Sanders losses for their defense. This one might be just as big, uh, but the defense has still struggled for Arkansas this year. So maybe you could argue that "Eh, even if they don't have Drew Sanders, like what they go from being a a defense that struggled to be a defense that still struggles, right? Uh, With the offense, Ricky Stromberg is their starting center. And he graded out as Arkansas's third best offensive player. The only players he's behind on pro football focus for Arkansas, KJ Jefferson, they're really good quarterback. Raheem Sanders, they're really good running back. But Stromberg is graded out their top offensive lineman. He has a grade over 80. He opted out. Those are for Arkansas in this game. So if you're asking the question, who's going to care more about the bowl, you would think it's going to be Kansas. But if there's an equal level, then... I guess we'll find out on game time. But in terms of that, it's easy to point to and be like, well, Arkansas does these things well. There's their avenue for winning big if Kansas can't muster things up offensively. But also you could point to it and say, well, Kansas has this avenue to do really well against Arkansas. And if Arkansas doesn't show up and they don't have a ton of motivation for the game, maybe Kansas could even win big. The last storyline here, 
the chance to finish above 500 and the momentum that would bring into the offseason. Talked with Kevin Flaherty from 24-7 Sports on Rock Chalk Sports Talk about a week or two ago and asked, you know, with Kansas possibly bringing back a ton of players into next season, they could bring back nine of their 11 starters on the offensive side of the ball. They could bring back eight of their 11 starters on the defensive side of the ball. You've already added some good transfer pickups. If you finish strong with a win here, and after the way you started the year where Jalen Daniels was a Heisman candidate and you were ranked and then he gets injured, people might see that as, hey, you finished with a winning season, you beat an SEC team in a bowl game, you have Jalen Daniels back now, and when you had him earlier, you were ranked, you're bringing back all these starters. I don't know that Kansas would be ranked in the top 25 in the preseason if they win this game, but they definitely, I feel like, would at least receive votes, right? They, they probably would end up in that top 35 or something. So that now how much does that matter? Because next year going to matter more about the performance than where you're perceived to to be at the start of the year but that would lead to some nice momentum headed into the offseason uh, to head to the spring with that confidence of where you can be and to take that next jump that would be important it would be nice to have right it's always nice to have positive momentum going your way and the chance to finish 500 wouldn't it just feel wrong for as great of a story as this team has been for for getting back to a bowl game if, if they finish with a losing season after as great of a year as it was, they finish six and seven, and we look back on this year and go, yeah, what an unbelievable job by Lance Leipold, and it wouldn't change that. But to have a winning record, I, I don't know. It just it, it feels like this team deserves to finish with a winning record. Obviously, they got to go out and earn it in the Liberty Bowl, but that would be a real nice finish for Kansas to do just that. All right, in just a second, we're going to get onto our scouting report of the Arkansas side of things. But first, this episode of Locked on Jayhawks is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season to basketball to soccer starting back up. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. You can bet on Kansas and the Liberty Bowl getting a couple points right now. You can bet on the money line. You can bet on the over-under in the high 60s if you think it's going to be a high-scoring game. And uh, you can also bet on other things if you want, like Kansas to win in basketball, to win the Big 12. They've updated those odds out on the playoff. Whatever you'd like, bet online where the game starts. Scouting of the Arkansas Razorbacks again. They come in at six and six. They went three and five in the SEC. They had a, a a very tough schedule. You play in the SEC. They opened the season up with Cincinnati, who ended up having a, another great season there. And they had certainly some games that I mean they very easily could have won seven or eight games. Like uh, the game that really sticks out, the Texas A and M game, where their kicker literally hit the top of the upright. I'm talking about the post, the one that goes vertically. He hit the top of that. I've never seen that before, and it was no good. Um, and they end up losing the game by like one or two points. So uh, they, they've had some close losses. Also, though, they've had some losses. Like you could look to that one where AM was not a very good football team and be like, eh, that's not great. But they've also had some wins like they blow out Ole Miss, who was a very good team. And they've had some very down games, giving up a ton of yards defensively. They've had some up games where they've been a lot better. Offensively, on that side of the ball, they score over 30 points per game. The numbers are even better with K.J. Jefferson. So K.J. Jefferson, kind of similar to Jalen Daniels, just in terms of a little bit of the path of the season involving injury. K.J. Jefferson, really good quarterback for Arkansas, dual threat guy. 
gets injured with a shoulder injury. And he misses two games, but he finishes out the season and he plays in, I think, the last two games, including the, the finale against Missouri. When he was playing, when he was starting those 10 games he played, they averaged 34 points per game. So that's really what I look at. Like when he's playing, which is the case for the Liberty Bowl, they're getting closer to 34 points per game. Um, their offensive line, though, has been absolutely elite. And for KJ Jefferson and Raheem Sanders, their stud running back, Sanders over 400 rushing yards, which certainly scares you for a KU defense that has struggled stopping the run. Those guys are beasts. And that dual threat of those two scares you a little bit too, that KU struggled to tackle the big quarterback and Tyler Shuck. That's what KJ Jefferson is. He's like a tight end. He's like six foot six, 250 pounds. That that really scares you, but what really opens things up for them is how good the offensive line is. They are big, they're strong, they're physical. They really get after it. Their, their coach, Sam Pittman, is the former offensive line coach, I, I believe, at Georgia. And uh, he recruits really well. He he gets after it on the offensive line. So they do a really good job there. They're 11th in pass blocking grade on pro football focus. They're 10th in run blocking grade. Now, we talked about Ricky Stromberg, their best offensive lineman, their center, who facilitates it all in the middle, too. He's out. And maybe that could lead to a muffed snap at some point with a different center in there. Maybe that could lead to less, I don't know, not just good blocking, but also you look at, I don't know, like maybe maybe Kansas runs a blitz, and if the center was the one calling that out, you know, they're in worse situation uh, without Stromberg. So there's a lot of ways that could affect it. But overall, they've been a really good offensive line. And that's a little scary because Kansas against the good offensive lines, like that's when they've really had their troubles defensively. It's not just been a gradual decline of, hey, when we play a better offensive line, we get a little bit, you know, we have a little less production. It's been a stark contrast between when we play a good offensive line we're getting very little production when we play a, a medium to bad one we're getting like all of our production this season so it's been a very stark drop off and that's a little scary in this game especially with the way they run the football and, and having those key players now on the defense side of the ball for arkansas they rank in the 120s in total defense in the country they are one of the bottom 10 defenses in total defense uh, they've had some really big blow-up games this season from the opposition in terms of running the ball and just overall Kansas should have an opportunity to have a big offensive game for a Kansas team that does tend to score a lot of points. Arkansas has struggled in a lot of ways defensively, too. They're 104th in tackling grade. They're 113th in coverage grade. They've obviously had those kind of blow-up games against the run. And really, they're one, I guess, redeeming quality just compared to their other stats. On Pro Football Focus, they're 63rd in pass rush grade, which is a lot better than some of those other numbers. But even then... That's not like an elite number. And now Drew Sanders, who leads them in sacks with nine and a half, is not playing. He opted out. So your biggest strength just basically being carried by, you know, mainly one guy isn't there anymore. This Arkansas defense, not very good. You never know over the course of three or four weeks if a team who does have talent, which Arkansas could, all of a sudden figures things out and they play a lot better defensively. But on paper, this has not been a good defense. Kansas offense has been good. They've had extra time here to get healthy for some of their skill players like Jalen Daniels, Devin Neal, Luke Grimm. They've had extra time for a really good offensive coordinator and Andy Kotelnicki to get ready. This should be a feast game for Kansas on the offensive side of the ball. So basically, how you look at this overall, Kansas should be able to, to move the ball, score points offensively. 
I have worries about the Kansas defense against an offense that does things like run the football that Kansas has really struggled with on the defensive side of the ball. And they have a really good offensive line, which has caused you a lot of problems. So I think kind of both offenses coming into this game, they're just kind of licking their chops. And maybe the defense that just forces a couple turnovers like that can lead to the win because otherwise it might be trouble uh, stopping the other teams. But again, with the extra time off, these could be very different teams from what we last saw them as in the last week of November to what they are now in the last week of December. That's a lot of time off, right? I mean, Kansas was certainly a much different team the last week of November than they were the last week of October to they were the last week of September. So we'll see what they look like here in this game. All right, we're going to finish things off with our matchups of the game in just a second. We got to take a break on our podcast side with Locked on Jayhawks. Coming up on tomorrow's show, We'll recap whatever happens in the Kansas-Arkansas game here in the Liberty Bowl. We'll also later this week look ahead to the Kansas-Oklahoma State game in the Big 12 opener for Kansas coming up on Saturday on the basketball court. Kansas-Arkansas pregame 3 o'clock, kickoff 4.30 on KLWN and 105.9 KISS. Matchups of the game, first down, Arkansas's running game, and specifically if we want to get into the weeds a little bit more here, running along the left side of the offensive line. No Ricky Stromberg hurts Arkansas. It helps Kansas running the football. But Raheem Sanders, absolute stud. Over 400, 1,400 rushing yards. I think his nickname is Rocket. He is one of the elite running backs across college football. And where they have really, I guess, buttered their bread has been working along the left end of the offensive side of the ball. So that means off the left end, you're going off the left tight end, off the left tackle, off the left tight end, basically to the outside, sweep plays, pitch plays, stretch plays, bouncing to the outside. When they're going off that left end, Sanders is averaging over nine yards per attempt. Now, when he's working off the left tackle, so if there's just not a tight end in there, or if he squeezes between that hole between the tight end and left tackle, he's averaging 9.8 yards per attempt. So basically, run plays to the outside and the left, Arkansas has been basically getting a first down per run so far this season. That number drops significantly in the other spots. It's still a really good number. Like when you look at him running along the right side, it's like, slightly under six yards per carry. Or when you look at him going up the middle right, it's 7.7 yards per carry. Or the middle left, it's, you know, close to six yards per carry. But it is, I mean, that's still a two or three yard jump per run, which is a very big difference running around that left end. Again, no Stromberg now, which impacts things because that's 7.7 yards per carry up the middle right. Like that could be where that impacts. And I don't know how much they pull the center, which maybe that's led to them being good around the left side. But that's really the big key, which means whoever is that defensive end against the left side of the Arkansas offensive line, which I think it kind of depends on where the ball is is marked on, on the hash for how Kansas lines up against it, you're going to have your hands full. Um, and the reason why, even without Stromberg, Bo Limmer and Dalton Wagner are over a 77 grade in run blocking for Arkansas. Uh, for what it's worth, Brady Latham is over a 66. He's more of a pass blocker, though, with about an 82 grade. Luke Jones is over 65 in both. But those two guys, Limmer and Wagner, really good on the offensive line. Kansas has obviously really struggled against the run, especially down the stretch here with the Texas game and the Kansas State game and the Texas Tech game and on and on and on down the list. After the first you know, five or six games of the season, they actually – did very well against the run. And it's on everyone for Kansas. Obviously, you know, if the DBs are getting torched on the back end, they're going to have to drop more numbers back or 
you need the safeties or corners to come up and, and shed off blocks and, and hit guys as well. But it's mainly on the front seven. The defensive line needs to do a good job of occupying the offensive line for Arkansas, and the linebackers have to do a much better job scrubbing and working through than they did over the past few weeks of the regular season. Kansas needs to have one of their better run defensive games. And what's interesting is Kansas could have one of their better run defense games and they could still give up 180, 200 rushing yards because that's how good this Arkansas running attack is. But if you give up like 180 rushing yards, I think you're going to be more than fine with that. You just can't let this be a game where Arkansas runs for 250, runs for 300 rushing yards, controls the entire pace of the game. You can't get them off the field. If you're down late, you can't get off the field because they're just running the ball. That is the situation that cannot happen. Second down. KU coaches versus extra time between games. Now, we, we went over the Lance Leipold um, bowl game past and that maybe he's learned something over his last couple uh, matchups after those went a lot better in his time at Buffalo. But Andy Kolonicki is a mad scientist to a certain standpoint on the offensive side of the ball. He's had extra time now to tinker with formations, play calls, expand the offense with a healthy Jalen Daniels. It's, it's kind of a battle, though. You don't want to overthink things and put in too much stuff that's going to overcomplicate stuff and, and take away from your fundamentals. But also, that could be a great opportunity for a very creative coach to throw out some creative things that Arkansas hasn't seen on tape and causes them a lot more issues. So that's exciting. Brian Borland has more time to go over issues and also more time for players to continue familiarizing themselves with the system. A lot of what we heard this year in Kansas defensive troubles, it was just maybe lining up wrong or not doing your job well enough like it wasn't it didn't sound like about not you know changing things up and and adjusting and so you would hope that if it is a problem with just the players not being fully comfortable in the scheme this extra time off adds to that and yes you could say all these things are true for the Arkansas coaches they've had the time off too that's true but with Arkansas losing all those extra players to opt out in the transfer portal there's a not as solid of a base from where they're jumping off for like for Arkansas, the, the last couple of weeks might just be about catching certain guys up who haven't played a ton on trying to get to, to everybody else's level. Whereas for Kansas, it's more about growing on that level that you already were third down, which by the way, I'm expecting like some fun trick play by, by Kansas in the offense in this game, Uh third down. Jaden Hazelwood and Matt Landers versus the Kansas Corners. Those are the top two receivers for Arkansas, Hazelwood and Landers. Hazelwood is a uh, former Oklahoma player who transferred over. And to really be able to send those numbers forward and commit to stopping the run, that puts a lot of pressure on the KU Corners to have to win consistently and do well against these top two guys. You can't continually be burned, especially on the deep ball. Otherwise, you're going to have to push numbers back, and then it's going to be harder to stop the run. So Hazelwood has over 700 receiving yards. He has three receiving touchdowns. Uh, Landers has 780 yards and seven scores. Hazelwood's done a majority of his work over the middle of the field, which maybe that could be a Craig Young thing a little bit at times, but also your corner play with a guy like Kalen Gervin. Maybe a safety gets in there. For Landers, he has caught 19 of 31 targets along the left sideline, and he has caught 10 of 13 targets within 10 yards but it's really his deep threat ability along that left sideline. He's caught six of 12 attempts. I know 50% doesn't sound like a great number in passing the ball. When you're going for deep balls, you know, 25 plus yards, 30 plus yards, if you're completing 50% of deep balls, that is a great number. Usually like 40% and above is good. So he's he's catching 50% of the deep balls along that left side for 226 yards. So you're averaging almost 20 yards per catch there. Three touchdowns, zero interceptions. He's been a good deep ball threat. 
We know that Jacoby Bryant can be someone who can make a game-changing play, jump on a short route. You can't get burned on the deep route in this game as well. And without tight end Trey Knox, it's one less option for Arkansas passing the ball. He's their third leading receiver, meaning it's going to probably rely more on those two guys with Hazelwood and Landers. And if you can do a good job in limiting them, avoiding those big plays from them, then you can focus more on stopping the run. Fourth down, the final down here, special teams. Arkansas ranks 26th on Pro Football Focus, 51st on ESPN's FPI, and 66th on ESPN's SP+. So basically, they're an above-average special teams unit. Kansas is 109th on the ESPN SP or FPI and 128th on the ESPN SP+. So Kansas has been bad in this regard, and they've really tanked over the last several weeks of the season. Think back to all the, the mistakes they made in the Kansas State game, the Texas Tech game, that, that really cost you. Obviously, from a field goal perspective, Kansas can't really rely on it. You added those kicker in the transfer portal, but with Seth Keller and, and the Weinrich kid from Charlie Weinrich from Nebraska, but they can't kick in this game. So you haven't fixed that issue for this game. You just hope that Kansas is adjusted and they're more aggressive on those fourth downs and on the third downs that, that lead you to maybe having a better chance to go for it on fourth down in this game. But they have to basically outside of the kicking game where you can't really rely on it because that's going to be an advantage for Arkansas. Kansas hasn't been able to rely on it. Arkansas has gone nine of nine on field goals, 39 yards and in. It's pretty automatic. Their kicker also 12 of 15 with a long of 51. If it comes down to a late game or a close late game where it's down to field goals, that obviously favors Arkansas. Um, but the big thing with special teams, less about that for me, just limit the big mistakes in the other areas. Don't give up a long kick return, punt return, touchdown. Don't fumble the ball. Don't muff a punt. Just avoid those disaster special teams plays. And if you force them into one of those disaster special teams plays, that's the cherry on top. Certainly having you know time off and time to look at that K-State film for four straight weeks, I'm sure it made it an even bigger emphasis and it would obviously be, you know, pretty problematic if if you had another bad game there. But um, you can't totally change the, uh, I, I guess, the scheme or, or or whatnot with with special teams over these past couple of weeks. So we'll see how that looks. Kansas just needs to kind of avoid the, uh, I don't know, disaster plays happening. As far as like a player matchup. Jalen Daniels versus KJ Jefferson. They won't ever actually see each other on the field, but two elite quarterbacks. I expect a big game from Jalen working back from the injury. Also, the running backs, Devin Neal versus Raheem Sanders, same thing, not going against directly each other, but two great running backs who get time off to be further healthy. Uh, we saw Devin Neal when, when he came off a bye week against Oklahoma State have the best game of his season. I expect great games from both of those guys. Um, the KU receivers have been underrated all year long. I expect them to have big games. Same with the tight ends to have big games in the KU offense. But uh, going back to our first down matchup, if I have to pick one player matchup, it's Lonnie Phelps slash Jeremy Robinson slash Hayden Hatcher slash Malcolm Lee, basically your defensive end against the left side of that line of scrimmage of Arkansas. You have to be able to hold your own there. Otherwise, it's going to be a long day for you. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Jayhawks. Kind of a long one here, but Plenty of reason why KU's first bowl game in 14 years. We'll recap whatever happens in the Liberty Bowl on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Jayhawks. If you have anything you'd like for the show to talk about, hit us up in the comment section on YouTube at D Johnson Radio on Twitter. Thanks for uh, tuning into the show. Don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you get any of your podcasts or on YouTube. Give us a five star review or a thumbs up if you could. Have a good rest of your day, and uh, we'll see if KU come out with their first bowl victory in 14 years.